God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And we have a big day today because James Comer is going to drop the hammer on the Bidens. He's going to have all kinds of receipts. And that starts at 9 o'clock a.m. 9 o'clock a.m. So, uh, you know, uh, depending on when you hear this show, uh, what you can do is you can look it up on YouTube. Uh, you can um, check it out on C-SPAN. And uh, it's going to be a big deal. Uh, I, I believe this is going to be a bombshell. And also, uh, it's kind of interesting that the Department of Justice didn't indict Hunter Biden. Uh, the Hunter Biden indictment hasn't happened yet uh, for the lower level crimes that would try to uh, to block uh, the certain things. Um, it says here, in four months, the DOJ can throw an indictment together against a Republican. For six years, they have done nothing against Peter Strzok, James Comey, Hunter Biden, Hillary Clinton, James Biden, Joe Biden, and countless others. Of course, we have two standards of justice, and that is a bit of a problem. Um, today's cover on the New York Post, or was yesterday's, White House bans the Post from Biden event as Hunter indictment looms. So uh, as possible Hunter indictment looms, Biden bans Post, the New York Post, from event, leaves press seats empty and takes no questions. Codger Dodger. So... I don't know, that's the cover of uh, the New York Post. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, I have a few pieces on this uh, d- coming directly from James Comer. It says here, it says here that uh, news conference on Hunter Biden investigation live at 9 a.m. Eastern. And that was according to C-SPAN. He retweeted that. Representative James Comer 
joining Fox and Friends uh, this morning, and he was getting online to uh, to basically talk about uh, what he needed to talk about. Why did foreign actors target the Biden family? What did foreign adversaries expect in return? What did they get? And where are the receipts? Where's the where's the where did the money go to? And did they declare that money on their taxes? And the answer is going to be no, they didn't. So they're going to get them on tax fraud and a whole bunch of things. The GOP oversight will be updating the American people today on bank records uh, that have been obtained. And uh, he's the chair of that committee. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. That's that's a big deal, folks. I can't e- express it enough. So let's take a listen to this interview uh, that uh, Jesse Waters had. Uh, Jesse Waters had with James Comer, and uh, he's not going to probably you know reveal what he's going to reveal at nine a.m. live uh, on uh, May tenth on, on on Wednesday. But uh, let's take a listen to this. Riverside Chairman James Comer joins us now with more. What can you tell us, Congressman, about what you're going to be showcasing tomorrow? Well, tomorrow for the and by the way, when he says tomorrow, that means today uh, because that yeah that piece of that piece of interview was from yesterday uh so we're talking about something that's going to happen at 9 a.m eastern and it's going to be a big reveal everybody should tune in to listen to what james comer uh congressman james comer from kentucky has to say he's the chairman of the oversight committee and the american people deserve the truth they, they deserve the facts. For years, the Biden family peddled influence and access to the highest levels of the U.S. government. Today at 9 a.m. Eastern, we will provide Americans concrete evidence. Bank records don't lie. Stay tuned. All right, let's take a listen. The first time the American people are going to see actual bank records that show wire transfers from uh, adversaries around the world into a web of LLCs that were owned or controlled by the Bidens. And then those transfers were made back into the Biden family accounts. So uh, this was one reason the Biden family received so many of the bank violations that are known as suspicious activity reports, because the banks knew that uh, this wasn't normal business activity. But we're going to see whether or not tomorrow, Jesse, uh, Joe Biden was telling the truth when he said that his family never received any money from China. Uh, We're going to see tomorrow whether or not Joe Biden knew about uh, his family's business dealings, which we know that he said several times that he didn't. Uh, So I think tomorrow is going to be judgment day for the Biden administration, the Biden White House, and I'm anxious to see how the mainstream media covers this. (laughs) Or covers it up. Congressman, do any of those bank records show cash going directly into Joe Biden's bank account? Well, you'll see tomorrow, Jesse, they set this up uh, to be as complicated as possible, to make it as difficult as possible to do two things. Number one, trace where the sender was, uh, and secondly, to deceive the IRS. So uh, this is like an organized crime unit, the way, the way that they've uh, set up this, this litany of LLCs, and they didn't make 
transfers directly to Biden families. They would transfer from one LLC to another LLC and then make a wire to one Biden, then a wire to the Biden's LLC. I mean, it's, it's just... I've never seen activity like this, and I've been involved in banking for a long time. Uh, they were clearly trying to cover up the source of the, the money, and they were certainly trying to protect the big guy. And what was the business that the Biden family was owning and operating precisely? That's the million-dollar question, Jesse. I have looked. Uh, I have read. Our staff has poured over it. Uh, we have talked to associates of Hunter Biden, people that were involved in some of these shady business schemes, and I have yet to determine one credible business. It appears to me, Jesse, the businesses were uh, shell companies set up to launder money from foreign nationals into Biden family's back pocket. Wow. That's what it appears to me. Uh, but the Bidens will obviously, after tomorrow, after we release this information uh, that we've been able to gather at a really uh, rapid pace in less than 100 days of subpoena power, and they'll have an opportunity to explain themselves. But I can tell you, Jesse, they're going to have a lot of explaining to do, especially to the hardworking, taxpaying Americans who, who work over 40 hours a week and struggle to pay their bills. And then they're going to see that the Biden family, the entire family, been putting millions and millions of dollars in their back pockets from our enemies around the world. So I think they're going to have a lot of explaining to do. All right. We'll see what they have. Scranton Joe, Scranton Joe, blue collar Joe, Mr. Uh, uniting the country, Joe. He's going to unite the country. He's not going to, he's going to keep us safe. He's going to uh, give us prosperity. Nah. Now that was Trump that did all that. Trump is the one that made us feel patriotic. Trump is the one that stopped fleecing America and selling out America with uh, bought votes, uh, basically pay-to-play schemes. Trump was the one that said, rejected globalism by say, saying America first. See, when, when Trump said America first, that wasn't just a slogan. That was an anti-globalist slogan. That was a multilateral, de- nation, multinational deal slogan, uh, anti-multinational deal slogan. That was to basically say, listen to me, America is going to be first, which means, okay, if America is first, what does that mean? It means that TPP is a bad deal for America. It means that the Paris Agreement is a bad deal for America. That's what it means. It means that in those deals, American dollars go out the door and into the coffers of those countries because we are the cash cow. We are like the, we are like the golden customer. You know, you have uh, every business, every once in a while, you own a business and you get these great customers, right? These customers with deep pockets that love you, that like the work uh, that you're doing, and they keep on paying you and they become this cash cow. And we were the cash cow to just about every country. And every country basically kissed our ring, kissed our feet, wanted our business. And our politicians were so weak and spineless and inexperienced when it came to business that they would just sell out because they never felt so much power as when these head other leaders of other states would kiss their ring, set them up with escorts, give them fine dining, roll out the red carpet, 
put them in a limousine, give them a club membership to some somewhere. And it was all of this these perks that people would get and they would start to feel so important and they would lose where they came from. I mean, that's what happens. And, you know, the people on the world stage say that the American politician is one of the best bargains in town because they're the cheapest sellouts that ever happened. You go around the world and the best value, bang for your buck, is a guy like Joe Biden and the Biden crime family. They're the biggest sellouts on the planet. And it takes very little. It takes very little for them to to say yes to the almighty dollar. They'll they'll give something away that's a state secret from the United States that normally would fetch $20 million on the market. They'd sell it for two. They were the biggest cheapskates and sellouts. And that's all they've ever done. Joe Biden has always talked out of both sides of his mouth. I could run clips all day long about his plagiarizing and his lies about his education and all this. We've talked about this. It's it's old news. And the Democrats just keep voting these people in because these people, like like I say, Robert, Robert Kennedy Jr. is never going to get the Democrat primary nomination. He's never going to win the nomination for the Democrats. And why? Because he's not on board with the globalist agenda. Otherwise, he would have been all in on vaccines and the COVID mandates. But he was a big thorn in their side. And that was a big globalist agenda. The scamdemic. Not the pandemic. The scamdemic. And this whole thing about climate, I think he's a skeptic there too. So climate regulations, COVID regulations, all these regulations are basically ways to control populations and steal money out of the pockets of middle class, attack their religion, and basically try to rule them with an iron fist. And the way they get around their constitutions is they use corporate leverage. And they get that corporate leverage from financiers like BlackRock and Vanguard that trickle down into these multinational corporations like Coca-Cola and Pepsi. So you could boycott Pepsi and Coca-Cola is still going to make BlackRock rich. You could boycott Coca-Cola and Pepsi-Cola is going to make BlackRock rich. It's sort of like when you boycott Bud Light. Well, that doesn't, you know, Stella Artois is owned by Anheuser-Busch too. So you got to do your research. If you're going to want to really create some pain for these people that are doing cancel culture or going woke or pushing trans storytelling, indoctrinating your children for future elections because a 10-year-old is voting in two term, two election cycles. And they know it. See, Republicans don't think like that. We don't we're not that we're not strategic like that because we don't feel we need to be. I think we're a more honest bunch when you compare us to the Democrats. Nevertheless, you got a guy, you got the crimes of Bidens going undetected. 
You got a laptop that's been sitting at the FBI since December of 2019. And yet, it's Donald Trump is the one that has to pay $5 million to E. Jean Carroll for a crime she alleges was committed. And she doesn't even remember the date. I don't think she remembers the year. She literally can't pinpoint the date. How do you defend against that? What's your alibi? Well, give me a date and I'll tell you what where I was. Oh, we don't have a date, but you're still going to be guilty because we are contesting this in New York City where everybody hates Republicans because they're socialist Marxists in New York City. And why anybody wants to live there anymore. I used to live there. I loved Manhattan. Living in Manhattan. I loved it. I used to get on the subway, go to work in Midtown, had an office uh, near the St. Pat's Cathedral, and uh, it was great. Loved it in Manhattan. But 9-11 happened, and nothing was ever the same since. As soon as the Bushes took over, as soon as the Bushes, they destroyed everything. And then it was the Bushes, then it was the Clintons, and then it was the Obamas. And that's it. Bush, Clinton, Obama. And now Biden. And Biden's no different. 50 years of experience in Washington, D.C. What do we have? A guy that can't even speak in complete sentences, doesn't take a press conference, and is head of the biggest crime family since the Corleone family in The Godfather. I mean, actually, they trump, no pun intended, but they trump the Corleone family. The Corleone family at least had some level of integrity. The Biden crime family has none. So, getting to that next big story, because Comer is going to be a big story, but that's about to happen. But, and I wanted to lead off with James Comer, but the uh, there's two more big stories for today's show. And that's going to be the Tucker Carlson reveal that we're going to talk about. And that's going to be the Donald Trump uh, civil charge, civil verdict. So Trump was found not liable of rape, but liable of battery. That does not make any sense to me. Trump was found not liable for rape, but liable for defamation and battery and a, a verbal assault. And E. Jean Carroll, who couldn't remember what year the incident she described happened, scenario that mirrored a Law & Order episode, won E. Jean Carroll $5 million. I, I can't believe it. I mean, it's absolutely astounding that we live in a country that is so banana republic as this. In a highly anticipated verdict, former President Donald J. Trump has been found liable of battery in the civil suit brought by E. Jean Carroll. However, he was not found liable of rape, a chain charge Carroll had levied against Trump in her lawsuit. She wanted to basically ruin this guy. Being found liable in a civil suit is not the same as being found guilty in a criminal suit. In a civil suit, the standard of proof is lower than in a criminal case, and the penalties are typically monetary. 
In the case being found liable of battery means that Trump will likely be required to pay damages to Carroll as a result of his actions. Now, AP News reported the jury awarded Carroll $5 million. It was initially reported that the uh, award was $2 million. So the case involved Carroll and Trump dates back to 2019 when Carol, a journalist and writer, accused Trump of raping her in the mid-1990s. So she can't remember what year it was. But 20 years later, twenty over 20 years later, she decides to make it a political tool, a weapon. Trump denied the allegations, calling Carol a liar and claimed that he had never met her. And then there's a picture of them in the same frame. But of course, Donald Trump is a celebrity. In November 2019, Carol filed a defamation lawsuit against Trump in New York State Supreme Court, alleging that his statements about her her had damaged her, her reputation and caused her emotional distress. So this this to me is also ridiculous. So Trump's legal team sought to have the case dismissed. However, a judge reacted that ruling that the case could proceed. The case continued to make headlines as it proceeded through the court system with both sides submitting arguments. So it's absolutely ridiculous. Now, Rona McDaniel comes out and she says, well, that's not going to impact the election. But that's exactly what they're doing. They're trying to impact the election. They're, this is election meddling. That's what this is, because this is so frivolous. It's so frivolous, it's not even funny. And it's political, highly political. So Alan Dershowitz weighed in. This is an appeal. So Donald Trump is going to appeal it. And Donald, and Alan Dershowitz thinks that Donald Trump will win the appeal. Let's take a listen to this. No, I think this is a Rorschach verdict. It's a verdict that you look at. Um, if you believe in what I wrote in my book, that there is a get Trump mentality, that they're out to get him, no matter what the circumstances are, you'll say this is just another example. But the jury at least had the good sense of saying no rape. Now, for me, the critical fact is she swore under oath she was raped. The jury found that she did not tell the truth. The jury found that her testimony that she was raped and the judge's instructions saying if the finger were in the whatever, that would be rape. When you combine the judge's instruction with her testimony, the jury found her not credible. They disbelieved her on the crucial issue of rape. So how did they believe her on the other issues of sexual assault and defamation? This is an appeal that should be won, and I would expect would be won if the defendant's name was not Donald Trump. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you square that. You know, how do you say she lied about the rape? But, you know, the only thing I think that they have on defamation is that he basically said, she's not my type. You know, like, did you take a look at her? You know, like that kind of thing. So Trump to appeal verdict in E.G. Carroll's civil case says he has absolutely no idea who she is. Federal jury in New York City said Trump was not uh, was not liable for rape is liable for sexual uh, abuse and defamation. So federal jury in New York City said Trump not liable for rape. But uh, former President Donald Trump told Fox News Digital that he will appeal, appeal the ruling. Uh, 
in the E. Jean Carroll civil case, saying he has absolutely no idea who she is while blasting the verdict as a disgrace and a continuation of the greatest political witch hunt in history. A federal jury, uh, so we, we already read, we already know that part. There is this, um, there is this, def- there is this de- deposition. Uh, let's see if I can get this. Uh, I'm going to see about this. You feel- All right, so I'm going to see about, I have to get past the commercial on this one, but uh, it's a 30 second commercial, so I can talk about this. But I will say this, this, um, I did hear this whole thing. This was like about 40 minutes long, uh, the whole deposition. Trump gave a deposition on this case in October of 2022. I actually, weeks ago, listened to this whole thing. And Fox News, I guess, and again, I am I am not tuning in to Fox News. I want everybody to know I don't tune in to Fox News. I uh, My whole viewing habits have changed completely on that. Um, let's take a listen. And do you recall when you first saw this photo? At some point during the process, I saw that's, uh, I guess, her husband, John Johnson, who was an anchor for ABC. Nice guy, I thought. I mean, I don't know him, but I thought he was pretty good at what he did. Um, I don't even know who the woman. Let's see. I don't know who. It's Marla. You're saying Marla's in this photo? That's Marla, yeah. That's that's my wife. Which woman are you pointing to? No. Here. Oh, Carol. Oh, that, the person oh, okay. you just pointed to was oh, Eugene Carroll. Who is that? Who is this? And the person, the woman on the right is your then wife, I don't Ivana? know. This was the picture. Ivana. I assume that's John Johnson. Is that Carol? Because it's very blurry. One of the other things that you said about Ms. Carroll at the time this, appears in your... This is October 19th, 2022. Or June 24th statement, which is DJT 22. And what you said there is, I'll say it with great respect, number one, she's not my type. When you said that Ms. Carroll was not your type, you meant that she was not your type physically, right? Uh... I saw her in a picture. I didn't know what she looked like. Uh, and I said it, and I say it with as much respect as I can, but she is not my type. And again, when you say type, you just refer to looking at photos. So you mean physically she's not your type? Uh, physically she's not my type. And now that I've gotten indirectly to hear things about her, she wouldn't be my type in any way, shape, or form. But when you were talking back on June 24th, you were referring to her not being your type physically. I saw a photo of her. Okay. And the only difference between me and other people is I'm honest. She's not my type. When you said in that video that Ms. Leeds would not be your first choice, you were referring to her physical looks, correct? Just the overall. Not. I, I look at her. I see her. I hear what she says. Whatever. You wouldn't be a choice of mine either, to be <laughs> honest with you. I hope you're not insulted. I would not, under any circumstances, have any interest in you. I'm being I'm <laughs> honest when I so. say it. Uh, she, I would not have any interest in. In the last paragraph of the statement that you made on June 21 that appears in the Laura Litvin's tweet, EJT 20, 
said as follows. Last paragraph where? It gets into a little bit more. Uh, that was a short clip there, but that was interesting how he said to the person who is asking, the, the attorney that was asking the questions for on behalf of Eugene Carroll, he said, you wouldn't be my type either. <laughs> I thought that was pretty bold and powerful in, in one sense. You got to figure, these people are suing him for rape. And he said in um, in the deposition, you know, they're accusing me of rape, which is like the worst thing that you could ever do to a person. And I'm not supposed to be at all annoyed or angered by that. That is the most insulting thing you can accuse someone of. If, yes, particularly, you know, if they didn't do it and he did not do it. Well, you know, the bigger picture about this whole Donald Trump, E. Jean Carroll thing is that the four, the the co-founder of LinkedIn, this guy, this fat slob, uh, Reed Hoffman, is behind financing this whole hit job. It reminds me, it stinks of high heaven, but it reminds me of Alexander Vindman and Eric Ciaramella and all these State Department uh, losers that uh, basically were on a diplomatic foreign services channel in Ukraine uh, and uh, basically used the Zelensky congratulatory call to impeach the president of the United States, which is insane. And they have been trying to do that with the Russian hoax. And every one of these things turns out to be a hoax. Jesse Smollett's thing was a hoax. There's just hoax, hoax, hoax all the time. You don't know what's real and what's not. And the Democrats just keep getting away with it. Like the boy who cried wolf gets about three bites at the apple before he's completely rejected and thrown out of town. But not in, not in Washington, D.C. The Democrats can just keep on going with these lies and these hoaxes, one after the other. I mean, everything is not what it, nothing is what it seems. Like we learned about the women's lib movement was financed by the um, by the Rockefellers. I almost said Rothschilds, but Rothschild R- Rockefellers to basically double the tax base and indoctrinate your children at an earlier age by forcing them to go to to preschool. Now that the parents, both parents are working in the workforce. Yeah, I mean, that was, you know, it's never what it seems. It never is with the Democrats. They always have a broader objection, objective. And I'm sure that someone back then in the 70s never would have thought of it until we started peeling these onions, but never would have thought about it from that angle. You know, we're, we're so busy, um, you know, like uh, that Riggs guy in tennis and uh, he was playing Billie Jean King and somehow I think he lost to Billie Jean King, whatever. But the point is, women are just as strong as men. Women can do. Exa- we're harped on that argument. Meanwhile, while we're busy wrapping, yapping uh, our mouths off at that argument, they're going through the back door. And we're busy fighting this stupid argument about who's who's better, who's stronger, why should women stay home, to rear the kids, whatever. Meanwhile, we don't know that these sinister plotters from the left, 
these Saul Alinsky, Cloward and Piven style psychos, Marxists, are doing these things for, for sinister reasons. That's the thing that gets me is we're living like in this evil plot. I feel like it's Die Hard Part 8, you know, where you got these people at the top somewhere in Brussels pulling the strings to get the, you know, blueprints on a certain thing that's going to control the world. It's it's just ridiculous. But that's what we're up against with the Klaus Schwab's and the Bill Gates it's never what it seems. They always give you this smiley face. Next thing you know, you find out all where their money's going. So follow the money on the E. Jean Carroll attack on Trump. LinkedIn co-founder Reed Hoffman. Bankrolling Carroll's trial against Trump. A fact admitted by Carroll's attorneys. Admitted by Carroll's attorneys. They then had the judge hide information related to Hoffman's financial role. Judge obliged. He obliged that. Or she obliged that. I'm not sure if it's a... The details of who's funding Carol are irrelevant, apparently. If you agree, stop reading. If you disagree and think it's relevant, keep reading. Okay, so I think it's relevant. So it says here, Hoffman's hatred for Trump is no secret. In the recent interview, he said he would spend as much as possible to get Trump. He says, much as I possibly can, and it takes and is effective to beat Trump. Hoffman's chief political advisor is Dimitri Melhorn, said their political philanthropy and goal is weakening the political power of the anti-American Trump MAGA movement. So when Hoffman was confronted over his funding of Carroll's case, Hoffman explained it was because he's a champion of womankind. Trump's hostility to women has been a dominant feature of his ideology for his entire adult life, supporting women fighting for... (laughs) Well, you know... It's a thankless job, but he's hired more women than most in his uh, companies. As a champion of all women, Hoffman helped out Jeffrey Epstein in contact with others for fundraising purposes after the child molester had been charged with uh, sexual crimes, sex crimes, according to Free Beacon. So this Hoffman guy that... Push, you know, basically uses Trump's treatment of women as the excuse, actually financed Jeffrey Epstein's enterprise. Hoffman is also on record for donating $1 million to a pro-Biden super PAC. Has anyone checked Hoffman com- Hoffman's computer for Epstein-related photography? It, he looks like a pedophile. He looks like a guy that sits down in a chair and doesn't move, but eats a lot. So Trump to appeal verdict in E. Jean Carroll's civil case. Okay, so we got that. Now there's one more piece to this. And that's uh, this this radical liberal, this radical liberal uh, 
I'm going to try to find it. I thought it was oh, Brian Krasingstein. He says here, as someone... Actually, no, this is for the next segment. Uh, so that that pretty much, though, that's what's going on. It's, this was a financed witch hunt by the co-founder of LinkedIn. I suggest you cancel your LinkedIn. LinkedIn censored all of my posts years ago. And they, um, I wanted to, uh, I decided to go back and check it out. And I was going to plant these banners and uh, for, for the top. And I wanted to use my own image, but they, for some reason it wouldn't let me. So I had to use their banners. And they were all trans, LGBTQ, and Black Lives Matter. That's it. That's all there was to choose from. There wasn't an American flag. There wasn't anything else. It was just equity and sex. That's all they cared about. Equity and sex. Black Lives Matter is all about equity and Marxism. And uh, the LGBTQ and trans is all about sexual orientation and dysphoria and indoctrination of children. That's all it is. So Machiavelli writes, I never thought I would live to see the day that our government would be promoting pedophilia, mental illness, transgenderism, mass migration of criminal foreigners, anti-white racism, hyperinflation, war on oil and gas, medical tyranny, communism, globalism, and genocide. It's pure insanity. The war is not meant to be won. It is meant to be continuous, George Orwell said. So the Bradford file writes, Trump was guilty of ending Hillary Clinton's career. That's what this BS defamation case and everything else in it is still about. That's it. He's guilty of one thing. Trump is guilty of denying Hillary Clinton and denying the globalist agenda and setting them back four years if not more. I mean, Trump took a wrecking ball to the globalist agenda. And today, we're, the fact that we're talking about Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum and all of this stuff, we're seeing a real impact on their branding, uh, the posit- their, their positive or negative branding. And their negative numbers are way up because everybody is rejects what they're trying to do with 15-minute cities and climate regulations and and social credit scores and central digital bank currencies and all of these things, uh, mask mandates, vaccine uh, mandates, and so on. You know, they basically are all about control and they're all about depopulation, which means the end of you and which means that when they push these vaccines on children they are actually i think masterminding a plan to impact reproduction so that people can have sex but uh, but uh, not have to worry about having children it's it's a it could be the end of humanity that talk about an existential threat it's not climate Climate is a hoax, and it's just a propaganda 
for people who are basically pushing for slave labor to maximize profits for multinational corporations that benefit by having a seat at the table at the World Economic Forum and get to communicate with politicians and donate to their campaigns and help them get elected so that they will advance policies that are conducive to slave labor, which requires open borders, which requires the Paris Agreement and the Belt and Road Initiative. And that's exactly what's going on. The borders are open so that we have domestic slave labor. The Paris Agreement mandated that the West can't manufacture so that the East can, as a developing nation, China, can use 1.5 billion of its slaves and work for $20 a day and the multinational corporations will be the direct profiteers of both the domestic slave labor from open borders and the Paris Agreement slave labor where the West can't manufacture without violating some climate initiative. And so then all the slave labor goes to China and elsewhere, other like Brazil, all the BRICS nations, really, India, South Africa, you know, that kind of thing. All these people that are undereducated and slaves. And they're basically going to take the G7 nations and they're going to, with their high education levels and their unwillingness to work for less than $45 an hour, they're basically going to innovate and do research and development and patent products that are basically going to be manufactured by the slaves in these BRICS nations. And that, my my friends, is your new world order, which is all about human slavery. And wherever else, automation. And wherever else, artificial intelligence. So, that's what's going on. Tucker Carlson accuse, accuses Fox and fra- uh, Fox of Fox of fraud. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's an alliteration, right? Tucker Carlson accuses Fox of fraud and breach of contract, and has made a host of document demands that could precede legal action. Now, this is by Axios. This was a scoop. Tucker Carlson, two weeks after being, uh, let's see, two weeks after being ousted by Fox News, accused the network Tuesday of fraud and breach of contract and made a host of document demands that could precede legal action. Why it matters. The aggressive letter from his lawyers to Fox positions, Carlson, uh, wait, it says the the aggressive letter from his lawyers to Fox positions Carlson to argue that the non-compete provision in his contract is no longer valid, freeing him to launch his own competing show or media enterprise. On Tuesday, Carlson announced he would be bringing his show to Twitter. Twitter! That's our next big story. Stay tuned. It's going to happen in about five minutes. Um, on Tuesday, Carlson announced Twitter. So that was... Uh, Starting soon, we'll be bringing a new version of the show we've been doing 
for the last six years and six and a half years to Twitter, he said in the video. Well, let's take a listen to that video. Why not just hear it from the horse's mouth himself? Let's take a listen. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. You often hear people say the news is full of lies, but most of the time that's not exactly right. Much of what you see on television or read the New York Times is in fact true in the literal sense. It could pass one of the media's own fact checks. Lawyers would be willing to sign off on it. In fact, they may have. But that doesn't make it true. It's not true. At the most basic level, the news you consume is a lie, a lie of the stealthiest and most insidious kind. Facts have been withheld on purpose, along with proportion and perspective. You are being manipulated. How does that work? Let's see. If I tell you that a man has been unjustly arrested for armed robbery, that is not, strictly speaking, a lie. He may have been framed. At this point, there's been no trial, so no one can really say. But if I don't mention the fact that the same man has been arrested for the same crime six times before, am I really informing you? No, I'm not. I'm misleading you. And that's what the news media are doing in every story that matters, every day of the week, every week of the year. What's it like to work in a system like that? After more than 30 years in the middle of it, we could tell you stories. The best you can hope for in the news business at this point is the freedom to tell the fullest truth that you can. But there are always limits. And you know that if you bump up against those limits often enough, you will be fired for it. That's not a guess. It's guaranteed. Every person who works in English language media understands that. The rule of what you can't say defines everything. It's filthy, really, and it's utterly corrupting. You can't have a free society if people aren't allowed to say what they think is true. Speech is the fundamental prerequisite for democracy. That's why it's enshrined in the first of our constitutional amendments. Amazingly, as of tonight, there aren't many platforms left that allow free speech. The last big one remaining in the world, the only one, is Twitter, where we are now. Twitter has long served as the place where our national conversation incubates and develops. Twitter is not a partisan site. Everybody's allowed here, and we think that's a good thing. And yet, for the most part, the news that you see analyzed on Twitter comes from media organizations that are themselves thinly disguised propaganda outlets. You see it on cable news. You talk about it on Twitter. The result may feel like a debate, but actually the gatekeepers are still in charge. We think that's a bad system. We know exactly how it works, and we're sick of it. Starting soon, we'll be bringing a new version of the show we've been doing for the last six and a half years to Twitter. We bring some other things, too, which we'll tell you about. But for now, we're just grateful to be here. Free speech is the main right that you have. Without it, you have no others. See you soon. So that's his announcement. And Elon Musk tweeted this. He said, on this platform, unlike the one-way street of broadcast, people are able to interact, critique, and refute whatever is said. And of course, anything misleading will get community notes. I also want to be clear that we have not signed a deal on any kind of whatso of any kind whatsoever. That's a disclaimer to basically protect Tucker from Fox News if he has a a non compete agreement, right? So Tucker is subject to the same rules and rewards of all content creators. Rewards means subscriptions and advertising revenue share coming soon, which is a function of how many people subscribe 
and the average. So this is really going to compete with Substack in a direct way. And in fact, there's been um, a real conflict between Substack and Twitter because Substack started this thing called Notes, and it's akin to Twitter. And Twitter's got the lever. Twitter has the the uh, edge in this market, by the way, uh, over Truth Social, over the defunct parlor. It's gone over Getter, over Gab, over Facebook. Facebook's a joke. Um, and I can't tell you enough, though, how surprised I am that many of our listeners uh, tell me they're not on Twitter, but they're on Facebook. And I'm like, Why? Do you know that most producers for every show, whether it's Tucker or, or Hannity or um, Laura Ingram, every one of those shows, every one of those producers, every one of those you know real news reporters aggregates their news on Twitter. That's it. It's been and I put the whole I put my whole show together on Twitter. You should see my screen right now. It's got every day before the show, I have about 20 Twitter tabs of each tweet. And I I close the tab down when I'm done with that segment of the story. That's that's how I do the show. Right here. A little ancient Chinese secret right there. But I'm telling you, Twitter is the biggest, and, and the Bradford file wrote, the same thing. He says, I do get all my news from Twitter, period. That's it. So what I want to say here is I'm going to read the rest of this. I also want to be clear that we have not signed a deal. Well, that's just you know legal language. Rewards mean subscriptions and advertising revenue share coming soon, which is a function of how people subscribe. Okay, sorry. Uh, I hope that that many others, particularly from the left, also choose to be content creators in on this platform. So he wants a diverse uh, audience, you know, diverse set of information. I would love to see a nighttime show like someone like Gutfeld have something like a um, an old 60s, 70s style show where you could smoke a c- cigarette or a cigar on there and have open debate from two different sides. Like a uh, uh, Gore Vidal versus Norman Mailer kind of interview, right? Uh, I wish we had that again. Uh, um, you know, uh, there's been there were great shows. Dick Cavett comes to mind, really great show. But here's what the, today's media has to say about it: they're they're in they're scared for their lives because the mainstream media has become the dinosaur and completely irrelevant. Okay. Well, listen, Twitter was already under fire from misinformation, disinformation, all-out lies, anti-Semitism, racism before Elon Musk took over, and now it's gotten kind of crazy, right? Seemingly unmoored, Brian uh, if you will. Will anybody be able to police what Carlson says, Mm. or is this the point? It's just a free-for-all. I think this is the point. It is a free-for-all. It's what Elon Musk wants to provide. This move by Tucker may cement the idea of Twitter as a right-wing website. And, uh, you know, you just heard Elon Musk say, I hope that many others, particularly from the left. See, what happened was Twitter was was overwhelmed by conservative voices. Why? Because in a free market where no one's where people aren't censored, 
Uh, and I said this for a long time. I knew that they were overwhelmed with conservatives because when they would do a flash poll after uh, a primary um, debate, uh, Trump would be like way ahead. And so the real numbers were that Trump and the conservatives in America dominate. But because the stewards of these media outlets were censoring the Republicans, they would basically enforce equity uh, and level the playing field. And in fact, try to give Democrats a little bit more leverage than they actually, well, a lot more leverage than they actually had. They do the same thing, you know, with those polls that, that reflected the real numbers of trans and LGBTQ and black population and Hispanics and all this and the black crime and stuff like that, Hispanic crime, all of that stuff, um, the media would let you think that the numbers were much, much different than what they actually are. And again, I think that's true with Democrats and Republicans. I think that America is an overwhelming Republican uh, country. The other part of it is I think that Trump is making a huge mistake in not going to Twitter and setting things up on Twitter right now. Um, but I also think that everybody should follow at Scott Adams show on Twitter, follow at Scott Adams show on Twitter and just go to twitter.com slash Scott Adams show and click follow set up an account on Twitter. Believe me, it's one of the most powerful news aggregator tools you could ever imagine. If you learn how to use it, You'll find out that's why that's there's a good reason why this all happened, that everybody uses Twitter for their news aggregation. So NBC's reaction was uh, really quite uh, uh, funny. And um, as someone who leans to the left, may uh, th- this guy, Brian Krasing, Krasingstein, um, basically uh, uh, made some very good points that... Uh, that he said, uh, what's apparent on Tucker's decision to come to Twitter and create a new show here has me at least a little bit hopeful. Please hear me out. So he, he gives a really good um, analysis there um, that he thought that uh, Tucker's show was too much theory and not enough news. Um, so, But in any case, I think opinion pieces are fine as long as it's couched in the style of opinions. Um, one of the things we missed today is I wanted to play this Putin speech where he lamb-blasted the West and G7 nations, uh, and I thought that was pretty good, too. Well, uh, you've been listening to The Scott Adams Show. We're out of time today. Uh, I just want to um, direct people over to org. Make a donation, if you can, to support our America First endeavors to push and advance America First policies to make America great again. Use Red State if you go to MyPillow. Use Red State as your promo code over at MyPillow.com. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody.